Well, good morning. Grateful to see you. If you are new to LifePoint, my name is Ed Travers. Uh, if today's your first day, you're actually coming on my last day as a teaching pastor here at LifePoint in Westerville. Uh, but I do want to encourage you to do something. If you're new or newish to LifePoint, do me a favor. Take out your phone and turn on your camera and put on a QR code on a chair in front of you. And that'll take you to a landing page called lpguest.com. That is our online connect card. So all the information you want to know about our church, you can see there. There's a button there called Upcoming Events. If you hit that, you start to see different things that are happening. I want to draw your attention to one event that we really would like everyone to come to. It's on July 9th at our Lewis Center campus. It'll be in the evening, and it's going to be our all-campus night of worship. If you've been to one of those, then you know. It's an incredible time of worship and prayer and praise. It's just, it's an incredible time. And people from all over, all of our campuses come together. Our bands all work together. It really is a special night, so I hope that you guys will get a chance. Uh, If you have a life group night, Uh, That week, whatever, just go. Bring your whole life group to the all-campus night of worship. It's gonna be great. Um, There's also two other buttons I wanna draw your attention to. One is uh, the sermon notes button. If you hit that button, you can see and follow along as I'm speaking and take your own notes and email those to yourself if you would like uh, to have a record of what it is that you're learning uh, today or what you're thinking about or thinking through or processing That's a really, really helpful button. And then the other button is the guest information button. If you haven't checked in yet, hit that button and fill out a little bit of information and tell us how you heard about LifePoint. That really helps us. Uh, But then at the bottom of that, there are five ministries we support uh, already. And if you hit one of those buttons, we'll do an extra $5 donation to that ministry to say thanks. Uh, We told God, look, if you keep bringing people, then we are gonna honor you in this way. So it's just a great way to do that uh, together. Um, That said, uh, so I was doing a lot of thinking, obviously, knowing today was going to be my last day as a teaching pastor here, Um, and, you know, I'm I'm super grateful, but I I just thought about different seasons that this this whole journey's been on for me. Uh, So this, like, seven years ago, you know, I knew uh, God was calling us to be part of something, and, uh, you know, we we get to see that and uh, see the excitement of it all, and, um, you know, but but we weren't really sure, you know, how's it, how's it going to play out? Um, so we had, a, we had an interest meeting uh, at the Lewis Center campus. This is a picture of this. It's kind of a blurry picture, um, but I'll never forget it. David, I think that's you up there. And uh, this, this whole, like, I'm like, God, like I knew he had his hand on this thing, but in your head, you're like, what if he doesn't? What if it's all in my head? And you're praying, and you know it's an exciting time, but then when all those people came together, it was just like, thank you, God. Like I knew I was in a season of blessing, of watching God work and his activity, it was awesome. And then we launched in the school. Uh, remember at Heritage Middle School, is a picture of one, you know, way back then, we used to do all the setup and tear down, it was awesome. Um, how many of you guys were there at Heritage? You remember Heritage Middle School, many of you. It was just such a great season to watch God work. Um, I, I think life is like that. You have these seasons of life where you just sense God's activity all around you, and you're just watching a season of blessing. Then, you know, I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was this virus that hit, and uh, it shut everything down. And I remember very distinctly, we shut down in March, and our first time open, we were in like mid or late May, and we, the, the school kicked us out, so we had to rent space at a church up on the north end of, of, of Westerville, and uh, we had a night service, and 25 people showed up. I, Tim, Beth, I know you guys were there. I remember that, and I remember thinking, this might be the end. <laughs> this is it. It's over. The whole thing is dead. Like, no one's coming back. Look, it's life. Life can be like that, Right? Life can be like that. You have seasons where you just sense everything's going great and and seasons where it becomes very difficult. And 
they just keep rolling on, don't they? Seasons just come and seasons go. It can be like that. I bring it up. We're in this series we're calling Under the Sun. It's a study of the book of Ecclesiastes. And it's really uh, King Solomon's uh, endeavor to figure out, could you find meaning and purpose apart from God? Remember King Solomon, we've been talking about him, that he's the son of King David. David was the king who united all of Israel underneath God's leadership. And God blessed King David and they had an incredible kingdom during his time. And you know they got rid of their enemies and they solidified the nation. But he also had an affair with Bathsheba. That was Solomon's mom. And that didn't go well at all. You can read about that. But God didn't take his hand of blessing off of David. And his son Solomon was the one God chose to be the next king. And Solomon uh, was young when he became the king. His father had died. And, and God came to him and said, look, ask me for whatever you want. And this was in a vision. And Solomon said, could you give me wisdom to govern your people? And so when God gave him you know, wisdom, he said, look, because you didn't ask for fame and fortune and, and long life, I'm going to give you all those things and the wisdom. And Solomon became the most incredible king in the history of Israel in terms of uh, making Israel uh, just incredibly prosperous. During that season, they had an incredible military. They had no real contenders from outside countries. They, they were extremely wealthy. I mentioned the last couple of weeks, Solomon may have been the richest person who's ever lived on earth. And what he did in, in all of that season, which was incredible, he decided, you know what? I'm gonna find out if you can find wisdom and meaning and, and purpose in life apart from God. Like what if I could figure out, you know, let's just take God out of it and, and figure out, is life meaningful and has purpose? This is what he did in the entire book. He's writing about that endeavor. And what he said in this book, he said, it's meaningless. And, and I'll come back to that in a second. But he, he wrote back in this season, he, and he used this term, under the sun, and which is where we get the series title. And what that means is this, and this is the, the best I can come up with for what it means, is that it's, under the sun means human reasoning apart from an eternal perspective without God's insight and revelation. Just completely take God out. Pretend he doesn't exist, and can you find purpose and meaning? That's what Solomon did. And he said in, in his first chapter, his summation of his entire search was this. It's vanity. Vanity, vanity, it's all vanity. And the word vanity basically means meaningless. So most translations just say meaningless, meaningless. It's all meaningless. The, a better understanding of the word is that the, the root word means like vapor, like a mist. You see it, you grab it, and it's empty. Nothing. His search for all the things were meaningless. The the interesting thing is that he starts to change his, his direction in chapter three of Ecclesiastes. And he's, he's looking at how life unfolds, that, that life changes. There are just times and seasons that, that change life, uh, sometimes good and sometimes bad. And I think that's just a reality that we all face. And there are seasons of our life that is, that's really good and, and seasons that are bad. You know, change happens. There, sometimes change happens because we want the changes and it's really great. Other times, change happens to us. And that's harder, usually. Let me, let me give you an example. So I have my oldest daughter, Abigail. She just graduated high school, and uh, she is super excited. This fall, she's going down to Ohio State University. She's going to be living in a ministry house, which she's super excited about. She's going to be doing the music program at Ohio State. She couldn't be more excited about the changes in her life. Now, my wife, now. 
I'm pretty sure she thought that our kids were gonna live with us until we die. Like, we'll just add on rooms and everyone's gonna be together. Like, change, sometimes you create, you're excited, and change sometimes happens to you. And the truth is, it's all of us continually in our lives. Change is constant. And it's difficult at times, right? Maybe you guys came in today and you're in a season of change. The question is, how do you find meaning? If all these things are random, then how do you find meaning and purpose in that? What would God have us learn about this? This is what we're gonna look at today. So if you have a Bible, go to Ecclesiastes chapter three, but let's take a second and let me encourage you one last time when we're all together in this room that we would invite God to speak to our hearts today. If you've never done that, here's what I want you to do. Just just trust me. Talk to God and say, God, speak to me today, all right? Father, I know that you understand the seasons. You understand the beginning and the end and everything in between. And you know our journey, our personal journey. And God, I pray you would meet us in our journey today, our journey of faith, whether we're really thriving in our faith or whether we're struggling in our faith. God, if we don't have any at all, God, if we are just trying to figure you out, or maybe God, that we're just in an incredible season of life that's difficult, Lord, meet us today and talk to us. Teach us, God, something from your word and by your Holy Spirit. It's your name we pray, amen, amen. Well, if you're following along in those sermon notes, the first thing I wanna share with you is this, is that there's a time for everything we experience in life. There's a time for everything. He opens up chapter three. Now remember, uh, we talked about last week that his, one of his first endeavors there was to figure out, could you find meaning in pleasure? And so he figured out, you go, is it just personal pleasure or is it in your work or is it in the money? Like whatever it is, uh, he wanted to know, could you find meaning and purpose in that? And he did it. Uh, he, he did everything that he set his heart out to do. Like we think our lives will be better if I did this or this or this. Like if we don't, it would get better if this. Well, he actually had the means to do all of those things and he did them. And here's what he said. That too was empty. It didn't work. So for all of us that think, okay, that's what it's gonna take, he was there and he said, don't do that. So he changes now to the seasons of change in life. And here's what he says. Chapter three, verse one. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Solomon is writing about the constant change in life. And some of you of a certain age, you were actually singing a song in your head, right? And, and others of you actually watched Kevin Bacon in your mind stand up and say, it's time to dance, right? Like, but what Solomon is saying is that life is like that. It, there are things that we can't wait to experience and there are things we try to avoid. Things that, that when they happen, we are full of elation and, and it feels like the blessing of God. And there are other times when we, we get them and we dread them and we think, God, where are you? That's what he's saying. These these things come for everybody in life. There are changes in life and they're gonna happen whether you try to make them happen or not. They're constantly happening. The first line I think really encaptures this well. There's a time to born and a time to die. Think about it. You know, we all hear these, the, the news that someone's expecting. 
right? Isn't that fun? Like, is it going to be pink or blue? Like, what, you know, what's going to happen? Just today in the lobby, someone came up to me and goes, we're pregnant. I'm like, no way. What did you do? And then they're like, I'm like, that's not what I meant. Anyway, so, but isn't it true? Like, you know, you ladies, you hold baby showers and, and just, I mean, everyone wants to come together and celebrate. It's great, right? We can't wait to see new life happen because we don't know what's going to happen. The kid's going to be running around here. Who knows how it's going to change your life? It's an awesome time of expectation. But nobody wants to get the call. It's like, how long? Like, nobody wants that call. We, we've all been to funerals, many of us together. A time to be born and a time to die. And, and now there's all kinds of things in here. Like, we know that there are times when we, that we work hard and then we see the fruit of our labor. But there's also times when we invest into people and those people then are gone. There's all these things in life that happen. And what he's saying is, he sees it very clearly that regardless of any human's life, they all go through seasons of times when they, they have what they want and times when they're literally dreading these moments. It just is. He's calling out the reality of human life. In this big contrast, I wonder, how about you? Like, do you, do you recognize the seasons? And I think what the seasons do is they really expose our faith. Um, you know, when things are going really well, sometimes our lack of faith is, man, I'm, I'm, I'm nailing it, <laughs> you know, I'm getting it done. And there are other times uh, when, when we experience incredible blessing and we're like, I can feel God's hand of blessing on my life. So good things really kind of expose our faith and bad things in the same way that, you know, God, I trust you in the midst of the season, help me to endure. And there are other times when we're like, God, why? And isn't that what Solomon's really asking? He's saying, I'm looking at life and I recognize that everybody goes through this together, whether you're a good person or a bad person, whether you're wise or a fool, everyone goes through the seasons and he's saying, why? What's the meaning of all this? Because if you take God out of it completely, the only thing you can say is it's random. And you, you would come to the conclusion that, man, when things are going really well, man, way to go. I guess luck is on your side. But when things don't go well, what do you say? Man, you just, you got a bad, you got a bad card in the deck. Apart from God, the best you can do is look at life and say, well, I wish you the best. Good vibes to you. That's what, that's what this, what he's saying is that, what does this all mean? I, um, I was thinking about LifePoint in Westerville a lot, obviously, um, particularly this week and just trying to think, you know, how am I gonna describe to you this season that I've been in in my life? Because I'm in a season of great change personally, obviously. Um, but just thinking back of, of all this season, what does it mean? And um, there's so many great things. Like, you know, those, those first couple years, um, I, I tell people, we baptized 40 people in our second year. And, and people would say, man, what is God doing over there? And I would say, honestly, I don't know. I've never been through anything like this. It feels like I'm on a raft on an ocean and I'm just hanging on to the wave and God's the wave. And I have no idea. It felt like that. Like I, we couldn't believe how much God, activity God was doing. And in, the, in, our, in our five and a half years since we opened up this, this campus, we've had over 108 people uh, become uh, baptized, go public with their faith. And I think, you know, that's not normal and it's fun. And two of those people were my own daughters. Like, I, I'll never forget that. And I bring up baptism because it's something we can quantify, but that doesn't really tell the whole story of all the people's lives that have been impacted. Marriages that have become stronger and addictions that have been, you know, turned away from and, and people's lives. 
every week who, who raise their hands and say, you know what, today's my first day in the kingdom. And, and it's just fun to watch all that God has done. And I thought, how am I supposed to encompass that in a statement? And I saw a picture I was looking through and I thought this picture really, really explains all of Life Point West Rural in a moment for me. It's this picture right here. I'm gonna ask you to leave it up for a second, Tyler. Um, the picture represents some of the best and worst things I've ever experienced in my life. The, the picture is my daughter's in the middle, my youngest daughter, Carly. And on one side is Michael and Liz's daughter. And the other is Brian and Allison's daughter, Quinn, who had the diagnosis of cancer. And she was in, the, in a fight for her life. I'll never forget getting the phone call, you know, um, thinking I'm not prepared to be a pastor where little kids get cancer. I don't know how I'm gonna handle this. I, and I'm looking at their family and thinking, how are they supposed to have hope in this season? Like I, I dreaded going to meet with them, but I wanted to go meet with them and um, just thinking about what this means for them. And, and I, I really, as hard as that was, it's probably the hardest thing I've ever seen our church go through, but our church rallied around them and loved on them. And incredibly, uh, God put his hand on Quinn and, and you know, through medicine and through the hand of God, she is completely healthy and now she runs around this place like she owns LifePoint. I mean, she is a beautiful little kid. It was a difficult season. But the picture means the most to me because it was an answer to my prayer. You see, my wife and I served on a, a, a church on the campus of Iowa University where there were all college kids. So we, there were no kids ministry. And we thought, man, our kids are never gonna have peers at church because it's kind of an experiment. What happens if you raise kids on a college campus? I mean, that's what we did for years, but they never got a chance to really grow. They were just the kids at college. And so when we came to LifePoint, one of the greatest things about LifePoint is that they give kids a chance to serve. That as kids are growing in their faith amongst their peers, they get an opportunity to serve. And so my daughter's got opportunities to serve other kids. And this picture means so much to me because my daughter was serving other kids. Now I got the picture, someone sent it to me and I blew it up and I realized that my daughter had a little heart on her nose. And so I asked her, I said, Carly, I said, um, what, what's, what's that on your nose? She goes, well, it's a heart. I said, why did you, why'd you put the heart on your nose? She goes, it made Quinn smile. You see, I prayed, God, my, my daughters need to know what it's like to serve you, to know you, and to know how important other people are to you. And that's a journey we all have to take, but man, as kids, that kids would learn that other people matter, I'll never forget that moment, because this picture, that picture reminds me of an answer to prayer for my life, for my own children. Do you see how it works? There are seasons that are difficult, seasons that are, that are incredible, and that's all of our lives. But here's the thing, and this is what Solomon is coming to conclusion at the end of this whole journey. It says that God has a purpose for everything we experience in life. He goes on to talk about, like, apart from God, I guess the best you can do is get a good job, maybe find a good family, eat well. Like, apart from God, do your best, good luck. But then he says this line in verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time, and also he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. What he's saying there is he's made everything beautiful in its time. The word beautiful basically means appropriate. So he's saying everything is beautifully appropriate that God makes in its time. 
So whatever the season is, the good or the bad, God is you know, putting all these things together appropriately for purposes that go beyond what you and I understand. So when he says that he's put eternity into our heart, it's another way of saying that we get a sense that there's more than what we see here. We all feel that in our soul, but we don't understand it because it's just, you know, we can't find out what God has done from beginning to end. So it's another way of saying, God, why do you do what you do? But I recognize that you're doing something. I don't understand. This is where we come up with the whole saying, everything happens for a reason. Because even though we see the randomness of life, we say to ourselves, there has to be something more than what's just happening. There's gotta be something bigger but I don't understand it. That's what Solomon is saying. And because he's on the other side of the journey and looking back, he's able to say to us, God is doing something with all of the seasons of our life, all of the changes of our life. You know, on the other side of the cross, it's, it's easier to see. You know, I have loved uh, every Sunday doing one thing I felt like God put on my heart was to make sure the gospel was presented very clearly. And here's why, because I, I heard this term from someone else, I borrowed it, but the term is the gospel is like a diamond. That the more you look into it, the more you realize how beautiful it is. The, the gospel, the, the good news of Jesus Christ, that God wants a relationship with us. So if you came in today and you're like, I don't know if God even likes me, I don't even know if he notices me, you're wrong. God absolutely loves you. That's the, the message of the, of the cross itself. The gospel is good news that he absolutely loves you and cares about you. He knows what you're going through. He knows your situations. He also knows, and this is hard to hear, he knows that you've put your hand in his face and I'm doing this my way. We've all done it. We all said, I'm in charge. I'm in charge. I'm, I'm boss of me. And then that leads us in ways that go against what God actually wants for our life. That's called sin. And when we're honest, that's when we go, okay, I did that. That moment of ownership, when we recognize, all right, God, I've messed it up, then how do we fix it? Because something's been broken in our relationship with God. And so what God says, all right, I'm the only answer to fixing this. So he sends his son down to die on a cross. All of the justice of God for every sin that's ever been committed from all times, he paid for it one time on the cross, sending his own son to die on a cross. And then the grace and mercy of God that he rose from the grave and now Jesus is alive. He sends his Holy Spirit everywhere in the world to pursue us so that we would know him, that we would understand that we could come to him in faith. And when we come to him in faith, by trusting in him and what he did on the cross, somehow, and I don't understand this, but the blood of Christ washes away our sin. Like we are completely clean in front of God the Father when we receive Christ in faith. And when you understand that message, here's what happens. It changes everything. Obviously, my eternity, my eternal destiny can be changed, which super grateful for that. But my relationship even with my wife changes. There are times when, when she needs forgiveness from me. Does she deserve it in that moment? And sometimes I think, well, I'm justified. And I just look up and I see the diamond of the cross and I say, I did not deserve that. Could I forgive in the same way God forgives? And sometimes I'm the one who needs it, probably more likely me, but I'm just saying, it affects the way I parent. I know that what I'm parenting isn't just for that moment, I'm parenting for something bigger, that the cross would become the most important thing in my kids' lives. Is it how I affect people around me, neighbors, how it affects conflict, how it affects the, way, the money I earn, everything in life, the gospel impacts everything. And so I've spent my life trying to make sure the gospel would be presented very clearly here. But here's the thing, the beauty of all these things is that there's a purpose. And so the gospel's presented because that 
impacts the purpose in light of eternity. Do you know what, on this side of the cross, do you know what Paul wrote? Understanding an eternal perspective. That if you take out the eternal perspective, the best you have is, well, it was random. But when you have an internal perspective, here's what you get. Romans 8, 28 says this. We know, we know that those who love God, for those who love God, all things work together for good to, for those who are called according to his purpose. What Solomon was saying is it's beautiful. God has a purpose. What Paul wrote is that there's actually a purpose that he's working out. It's beautiful and appropriate in his time because he's using it, which means no matter what your season is, whether it's good or bad, God has a purpose for that. With an eternal perspective, when you are being blessed by God, you are able to really receive that and not take credit for it. I don't have to take credit. In fact, I'm allowed to be generous with what God has done in my life because he is doing this. He's bringing about blessing. And when I have a hard time, when I have a difficult time, then in light of eternity, I say to God, God, I need you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn to endure and cling to you in light of the cross. I know, Jesus, you know what it's like to go through a hard time. You said for, for joy set before him, he endured the cross, meaning he had an eternal perspective for that moment of the cross that literally took his life. And that teaches us to do the same. And isn't it true? Isn't it true in your life that when you're hurting, you want someone who's gone through it to be with you or to talk to you. And listen, and I'll, there are times when someone will come to me and say, well, I'm praying for you, Ed, and I truly appreciate it. But when someone who's gone through what I've gone through says, I'm praying with you, Ed, I know, okay, I got someone who understands. Jesus understands all of it. And listen, in light of eternity, our good and our bad, in the hands of God, he uses for something bigger. And I've watched God do some incredible things. I've heard about people getting sick and I've watched God miraculously heal people. I've watched him use medicine to heal many people. But ultimately, nobody gets out of here alive. Nobody. Like the only true healing eventually is gonna be when we look God face to face, eyeball to eyeball with Jesus Christ when we finally become the very person we were intended to be without sin. Our bodies would be perfect and healthy. And that's the true answer eventually which means that sometimes he says no here on purpose because he's using that for something bigger than we understand. You see, everything has a reason. There's a purpose for all things under the sun. Solomon got it. I, uh, I wanna share with you something. I, I was listening to a pastor. His name is Gary Hamrick. He's, um, he's a pastor of the Calvary Chapel Church. I think it's in in Virginia, and he, um, he's part of the Calvary Chapel movement of churches that came from Calvary Chapel with Chuck Smith out in California that started in uh, the early 70s. A movement happened, and I'm gonna tell you about that in a second, but I'm listening to Gary Hamrick talk about the song, Turn, 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 by the birds. So when, I, when I'm reading this, you realize that the, almost all of the lyrics of the song are what you see right there, right? That the writer was Pete Seeger. He wrote about it in the 50s, and uh, he actually took royalties because he added a couple of words, like, there is a reason, turn, turn, turn. There is a seat, turn, turn, turn. You know, and then he goes through the lyrics. But he goes, I, I took the royalties because I did add something to the song. But Solomon wrote it, right? He gave half the royalties to a Jewish organization to make it square. That's what he said. But, but the birds made it popular in 1965. And that, it's a catchy tune if you've never heard it. And it became number one on the charts for three weeks in a row. But it was, this guy Gary Hamrick was saying, it was written and, and released at that time and became popular to a generation of people that were literally doing the very thing Solomon was trying to do. Solomon was trying to say, I wanna find meaning and purpose outside of the rules and regulations of God. 
Let's get rid of God, get rid of his rules, get rid of morality, and let's just experience everything and find out if pleasure, if this, you know, know, I don't want authority. I want to find meaning and purpose. And the entire generation of people did that. Many of you lived through that, or you knew people who did that, and we called them hippies, and we called them, you know, the flower children, all that stuff that they were trying to experience. They were doing the very thing that Solomon was trying to do. This is the way to go. I want to find meaning. But what happened was it didn't work. It didn't work for that generation. And there was another generation. So as as the song was released, it became super popular because it spoke to that season of time. But there was another group, a younger group of people who were looking at these people going, this doesn't work, does it? And that movement started around 1970 called the Jesus Movement. And it's one of the largest revivals that has ever happened in our culture in the last 50 years. Over 300,000 people gave their life to Christ, young people. And those young people planted churches all over. Incredible movements. I mean, millions of people have been impacted by that movement at that season. And, you know, there's actually a movie that came out. So Greg Laurie was one of the people who got saved during that time. And uh, he wrote The Jesus Revolution and came out as a movie here recently. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I know some of you have. I mean, it's a historic lesson for those who actually realized there's more purpose to be had in Christ when you have an eternal perspective, it makes sense of everything. You see, even in something bad, something incredible happened. And I think when you're trying to figure out, well, how do we make sense of our seasons? Then you have to have an eternal perspective. If you don't realize that God is actually doing something and we're in time of what God is doing outside of time, and that your good and your bad are all purposeful, then you can actually have peace in the midst of those seasons. So if you, if you came in today and you're like, I don't, I'm in a difficult season. And cling to God. Cling to him and allow him to, to walk you through the season. If you're having a, a season, it's incredible. It's real easy to think, well, I'm, I'm killing it. Listen, there's a purpose, even in that season that God's trying to teach you something. And no matter whichever it is, good or bad, here's, here's an encouragement I'll give you to ask two questions. These two questions have taught me so much. The first one is this. Whenever I'm going through any type of season, I'll say to God, God, what are you trying to reveal to me about yourself? God, what are you trying to teach me about you? That's what I'll say. Through the season, teach me, God. And then I'll say, God, what are you trying to teach me about me? What are you trying to reveal to me that I need to know in this season? Those two questions are so important, no matter what your season is. I wanna say that um, if you came in today and you're in a season, I wanna, wanna encourage you to pray. So we're gonna do just that. I'm just gonna ask that you stay seated for this moment where, um, and just let's take a second to pray. When, when we, in a minute, we're gonna sing a song and we're gonna stand and sing, but I want you to head back to next steps. If, you, if you're just going through something, you need some prayer, you're maybe in a season that you, you just need some extra prayer, head back to next steps. Or maybe you're going through something and you just need some help. They have some things back there, some books they'll just give you for free if you just tell them what's going on in your life. But let's take a second, let's pray. I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes and bow your head and let's talk to God. We need an eternal perspective in life. And maybe for some of you, your prayer is just that. As you look at the season you're in, say to God, God, give me an eternal perspective. Help me to see and trust in you in this season. And if you're really going through it, I'm gonna pray for you in just a second. 
but say to God, God, teach me this week. Help me to see what you're trying to reveal to me about you, God. And teach me what you're trying to reveal to me about me. Just, just say that to God right now. Teach me, God. And if you came in today and you say, you know what? I don't know that I've ever made it right with God. And maybe you know what it's like to have your hand up in God's face. And it's time. Here's what you say to God. God, I, I believe in you. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross. I believe he rose from the grave. I believe that. But it's time to take the hand down. Here's how you do that. You, you call out to Jesus and you say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe in what you did. And I'm asking you, Jesus, right now, would you please forgive me of my sin? By faith, surrender your life to Jesus by saying, Jesus, please forgive me. I'm sorry. And then say, Jesus, will you come into my life? Will you lead me? Help me to follow you. By faith, Jesus, I'm asking you to accept my little simple step of faith today. You need to know that that simple step of faith is exactly what he wants. This is what pleases God. To become a follower of Jesus doesn't mean you're perfect. You will make mistakes. He understands that. What it means is that you're gonna try to follow Jesus every time you sense him leading. Sometimes it's very clear in scripture when you know it's time to take a step with Jesus. One of the things that he said and made very clear, he said, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my father in heaven. I'm gonna give you a chance to do that. If you just prayed that prayer and simple step of faith, I'm gonna give you a chance to acknowledge that between you and me and God. And if that's you and you just prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand up and say, Ed, I want you to see and God, I want you to see. High enough I can see it anywhere in the room. Yes, I see you there in the back. Anyone else? Let me put your hand down. God, I know that you have a purpose for all things under heaven. I get it. It's just hard sometimes. And I ask God that you would send your grace and mercy through your Holy Spirit into our hearts to give us peace. We give you our lives, Lord. Help us to cling to you. God, for many of us that are in good seasons, God, I pray that you would use our lives for something bigger than just ourselves. And for those taking first steps, God, I pray you meet them where they're at and help them to grow. And we ask all this in your son's holy name. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.